Hello, I'm John Rossi, a touring drummer with a love of all things animal. When I'm on the road, I visit as many zoos, aquariums. Hey, wait a minute. What's going on? Hey, what's going on there? Hello? Hello? We interrupt your regularly scheduled program to bring you Rossafari Zoo News. News you can use from the world of zoos and conservation. Every week, we bring you breaking news and analysis from around the globe, featuring the animals you love and the people who care for them. And here's your anchorman, John Rossi. Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Rossafari Zoo News, your connection to the world of zoos, aquariums, animals, conservation, and all the news about them. I am John Rossi, as I just uh, introduced myself by using a slightly weird accent. And um, yeah, we're here for another exciting week of goofiness and fun stories and sad stories and puns and music and all the things that make this podcast what it is. Uh, So I have to tell you, Uh, A couple of things before we get into the actual news. First of all, just as a little update on, uh, you know, what's going on in my world. Um, It is my last week in Phoenix as I record this. This episode comes out on Friday and then the Sunday after that is our last show and I will be making the trek back across the country. Going to stop at some different facilities than I did on the way out and, uh, already lined up some really cool stuff that you'll get to hear from slash about. So uh, I'm really excited about all of that. I'm not going to lie. I'm not excited about getting back to northeastern weather. California and Arizona win in that department, y'all. If you like snow, cool, cool, cool. But like the fact that in, oh man, let's see here, less than a week, I'm going to be driving through Denver where there may be snow and uh, and then heading towards, you know, Pennsylvania, Buffalo, places that have snow and cold and snow and cold. Um, yeah, not not looking forward to that. But hey, it's cool. It'll be nice to be home. It'll be good to see people and all of that stuff. So yay. Speaking of yay, while I've been out here in Phoenix, not only have I hit a couple of really cool animal facilities... And yes, you will eventually be hearing episodes from a few of them. But I also got to visit the Musical Instrument Museum, also known as MIM. Now, I didn't do an episode there because there are no live animals there and uh, didn't seem like it would quite fit the pod. But this is one of the coolest places I have ever been. It is a museum of musical instruments. I'm guessing you figured that out from the name of the place. But um it's it's so neat. It's spread out by country and and region and so I got to see all these indigenous percussion instruments and like, you know, string instruments and crap like that. But I'm a drummer. I know what I care about. And uh you get to hear them being played, you get to to experience you the little headset on and and hear people playing them in the native countries that they come from and see them and and it's really cool and there's also a room where you get to play some stuff so uh yeah i got to got to mess around with some percussion instruments that i've never gotten my hands on before and uh, and it was really really cool and a lot of fun if you're ever in the phoenix area now granted i am a musician but even if not like i just think this is one of those places that everyone should take a trip to once so uh yeah i really really love the musical instrument museum and kind of a funny story here um i also got inspired while there 
frankly, in a lot of different ways. I'm a musician and that stuff was cool. But in particular, um, I've been playing musical spoons for a while now. And yes, I realize that most of you know that I am a zoo podcast host and make a lot of puns and still just went, holy crap, this guy is a bigger nerd than I ever realized. I know, I know, musical spoons. But um, they're a fun instrument. They're kind of cool. And I play them in one song in Million Dollar Quartet uh, in the arrangement that I did for it. And just really basic stuff. But I never knew how cool and intricate the the wooden spoons can be as a musical instrument. And uh, when I was at the museum, I found a set of wooden spoons that are so next level and so cool and um I, I sat there playing them in the gift shop for so long that I'm well let's just say that I'm I'm pretty sure I made some enemies amongst the uh the staff that works there that day. Um I like to think they were enjoying it, but uh you know they got to hear me learn how to play musical spoons at a high level, basically. But by the end I did and then I bought those spoons and I have been playing them like so much. I am I am loving it. So yes, I'm considering quitting the podcast, quitting drumming and just trying to make it as a professional spoonist. Spooner? I I I guess I'm good at spooning is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> anyway, also, just a, a quick reminder to you all that uh, the day this episode is coming out is Friday, March 11th, which is also the release date of Pixar's Turning Red coming to you on Disney+. Plus. I have not seen it, but it's a movie about a girl that turns into a red panda, and you've heard me talk about it on here a lot, and uh, I'm really excited. So listen to this podcast, and then as soon as you finish it, but you have to finish it first, go watch Turning Red and message me. Let me know what you think. I'm really excited to watch it and kind of bummed that I have to go to a zoo and do an interview tomorrow, so I'm not going to get to see it right away. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally not bummed about that. It's going to be awesome, but I cannot wait to watch this movie. And then last but not least in the personal um, update situation and kind of not to bring down the mood too much, but um, a, a very close family member who I love very much is currently in the hospital and uh, not doing super well. And it is not my favorite thing that's ever happened, shockingly. Um, so I just wanted to let y'all know that uh, as I move forward with this episode, it may be a little short. It may be, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I feel like I'm kind of in the groove right now, but um, yeah, my brain keeps going to that and uh, and, and it's rough. So uh, I'm not going to you know, give too much detail, but um, if you are a person who, who likes to, to, you know, send good vibes or whatever, uh, they would be appreciated. Okay, let's get to it. Oh, wait, we can't get to it. I forgot. I still have to do the ad thing. See, I'm telling you, my brain isn't fully here today. But rather than cut that, I'm just going to keep moving forward because, uh, hey, you know, it kind of proves what I was saying, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, here's an ad. Today's episode is brought to you by Daydreamers Studios. Do you have stories and expertise to share with the world? Have you ever thought about starting your own podcasts? There's no better time to start than now with the help of a trusted production partner. Daydreamer Studios is a full-service production company that takes all the stress off your plate. You can focus on creating engaging content while they focus on recording, editing, audio engineering, hosting, and publishing on 22 platforms. Log into the advanced remote system with one click and the Daydreamer team will be on the other end ready for you to record everything you have to say. Own 
owned and operated by Daydreamer Network, Daydreamer Studios continues on the company's mission to empower storytellers of all kinds by making podcasting accessible to all. For more information and current promotions, visit daydreamernetwork.com slash studios. All right, and now for real, it's time for... One, two, three, four. Ow, oh, there's a funky monkey, tree kangaroo, or a binturong. It's news, yeah. All right, so we're going to start off in Ukraine talking about what's going on with the animals uh, dealing with the war over there, the non-human animals, because there's so much to talk about with the human side of things. But uh, that's not for this uh, this episode or this podcast. So, okay, I just wanted to talk about a couple of different things here. Um, first of all, the AZA has officially come out in support of the zoos in the Ukraine. They did this in a message uh, through their press department and on social media and encouraging anybody who supports the AZA to support uh, IAZA, the, the group that I mentioned last week, is raising money for the zoos in the Ukraine that are going to um, be distributing it. And we know that they are good. IAZA is good. That's E-A-Z-A. And you can look them up online and find ways to donate and help. And now the AZA is actually encouraging people to do that, which is cool. Speaking of which, quick update from last week. I said that IAZA is not an accrediting body like the AZA, but is um, voluntary. And that was wrong. That's WAZA. Uh, IAZA is an accreditation body over in Europe, and um, they're pretty great. And they are partnered with the AZA, and uh, now they're all working together to try to help the zoos in Ukraine. So sorry about the confusion. Too many acronyms in this field, but um, IAZA is doing a great thing. And if you want to help the zoos in Ukraine, IAZA is the place to do it. The Washington Post recently put out an article illustrating some of the issues that the animals at the various zoos in Ukraine are going through right now. I'm not going to recap all of those, uh, but it is it's really tragic. Um, there are some elephants that are really freaking out and gorillas and some other animals that seem to get that something is really wrong. And uh, the lengths that keepers are going to to keep those animals not only physically healthy, but also mentally healthy during this time is pretty amazing. Highly recommend checking out the Washington Post uh, article about it. I, I literally just at this point, if I just repeated all of it, it would be the whole episode and it would just be a lot. So um, if that's your thing, check it out. If not, hey, I totally get it. No judgment. The Columbus Zoo is doing their part to help out the zoos in Ukraine. They have donated $10,000 to the effort that I mentioned earlier by IAZA to raise money to help the zoos in Ukraine. And Columbus has given $10,000, which is really awesome of them. So good job, Columbus Zoo. I always love you and I continue to love you. Another way that people are suggesting that you help zoos in Ukraine is by buying tickets to their zoos. You can still go online to their websites and buy tickets, as many as you like. And, you know, obviously, you don't have to go. You don't have to show up. You can do this from wherever you live, and that money will go directly into their coffers. There are a ton of zoos in the Ukraine that all need help right now, and this will make sure the money gets directly to each zoo that you buy a ticket to. 
And then last but not least, many zoos in Europe, including Zoo Berlin and uh, some of the zoos in Belgium, have teamed up to start sending supplies and food to both animals and keepers in the various zoos in Ukraine. It's awesome to see that kind of thing. And while I don't know exactly how well all the transportation will go during, you know, a war, it's amazing to see them sending actual physical stuff that can help keep these animals and humans alive. All right, that's our quick update from Ukraine. And while I'm on the update theme here, I just wanted to let you know that the avian flu that I've mentioned in the last couple of episodes does seem to be becoming a bigger and uh, more recognized threat. More zoos are starting to take the steps I mentioned last week, like putting their bird collections off exhibit and stuff. And actually, I even just found out I have a really cool series of interviews coming up soon. I can't spoiler it yet, but it's going to be really exciting. And one of those is focused on penguins. And sadly, I will not be able to meet those penguins as had originally been planned because of this whole avian flu situation, which, of course, I totally understand and respect. But, um, yeah, it's really getting into heavy lockdown time for a lot of these birds. So it's going to be interesting to see what ends up happening with this avian flu and how long it lasts. I feel like, you know, with everything going on with COVID right now, it's like you have to sit and wonder if this is just going to be the new normal or if it's a short time thing. And I guess we'll find out. But uh, zoos and aquariums are continuing to take steps to keep their birds safe, even if it means having empty display areas and not even letting your favorite podcaster go and hang out with penguins. It's okay. We all know I have penguin friends already, especially Cassie at Adventure Aquarium. She's the best. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out my reels on Instagram. The Oregon Zoo recently announced some really egg-citing news, as they put it. That's their pun, not mine, but I do love it. A uh, rare double clutch of California condors has happened, meaning that their California condor egg account for this season is 13. Now, we talk a lot on this podcast about the efforts to bring the California condor back from the brink of extinction and the amazing success done initially at the San Diego Zoo and Safari Park, and now also being done through that program at other zoos, including the Oregon Zoo. It is so cool that this one zoo has 13 new condor eggs this year alone. This uh, this has just been such a cool project to watch continue to grow and get better and bigger, and I'm so proud of everyone involved. Yay, condors. Also, I really miss California, but y'all know that already. So I think I've mentioned this on here before, but my father's favorite animal is otters, which is understandable as they are otterly adorable. No, 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 seriously, stay. This, this is good. This is interesting. This is much better than that joke. Anyway, um, it turns out that my dad's not the only one who is intrigued by otters. So are a family of orangutans in Belgium. The Pyridiza Zoo in Domaine du Cambron, and I probably mispronounced all of that, and I apologize especially to my Belgium listeners, and I do have a few, which is kind of cool. Um, anyway, so this awesome zoo in Belgium came up with a new plan to make sure that their primates had constant enrichment at the zoo. According to the spokesman of the zoo, the orangutans must be entertained, occupied, challenged, and kept busy mentally, emotionally, and physically at all times. And as such, the zoo created 
a multi-species exhibit combining Asian small-clawed otters and orangutans. It's three orangutans and a full family of Asian small-clawed otters, and they are really good friends now. Now, they have posted pictures about this. Just Google Belgian otters orangutan, and you'll see them, and it is adorable. They can be seen playing hide-and-go-seek and running around with each other and interacting with each other. It's just really, really cute. And uh, there's been, you know, I mean, I was a little concerned when I heard about this, but it's not like the orangutans are doing any damage to the otters or anything. They really seem to get along. It's honestly one of the cutest things I've ever seen. And I'll be curious to see if we get to see more multi-species exhibits like this that take into consideration less like how they would live naturally or, hey, here is a muntjac that lives on the ground and a red panda that is mostly arboreal, so they'll kind of stay out of each other's way. And also, you know, they're in the same general vicinity in the real world. Um, and instead just says, hey, you know, here are two species who need a lot of enrichment and can enrich each other. This is a really cool development. I'm curious to see where it goes in the future. And finally, in the zoo news section this week, um, an interesting thing was done recently by Cheyenne Mountain Zoo that caught my attention. They announced not the death of an animal, as so often happens, but the declining of quality of life of an animal. One of the elephants in their herd, one of their oldest elephants, they actually have an area where they specifically take older elephants to live out their end of day's time, um, kind of a, an elephant nursing home, if you will. And uh, yeah, one of the, their elephants there is declining in health. And rather than announce the death kind of unexpectedly after the fact, they shared a press release and put it up on social media that this elephant wasn't doing super well. They explained the care that they were giving as they gave it, but they also let the elephant's fans know that it might be time to say goodbye. And um, I thought that was really interesting. They, they spent paragraphs explaining everything going on in super detail before the animal passed away. Now, what commonly happens in zoos is the health declines. They make every effort to save the animal. And then once the decision to euthanize or the actual death happens, you know, once that, once that occurs, they then announce it to the public. And that's cool. And I love the transparency. And I love that most of those announcements still include the information about all of the health care and all of the attempts that were made to help the animal and about, you know, if they surpassed life expectancy or all that good stuff. But I have to tell you, I was so intrigued by the idea of doing it before the animal passed. You know, I love doing this podcast and I adore the experiences that I get to have all around the country. But the one downside to it is that I, I fall in love with animals all around the country. And then someday I pop open Instagram or Twitter and find out that an animal that I love is gone. And it's hard. And, you know, sometimes it happens when I'm like at intermission of a show or something and it, it can mess with your brain a little bit. Um, the the notion of saying, hey, this is happening as it's happening and giving people the chance to get ready to say goodbye is kind of cool and not something that I've seen from the zoo community before. I, I'm curious to see 
how people reacted. From what I read on social media, it seemed very positive. Um, you know, lots of love was being sent and people were, were planning trips out to the zoo and everything. Uh, but I just I compare that to the reaction that you see sometimes in death announcements, which are still mostly very loving and positive, but do get more of the kind of anti-captivity crowd butting their stupid noses in and saying rude things than I saw on this post. Could be a coincidence. It's a very small sample size. But, uh, you know, when an opportunity like this presents itself and you have the time to share what's going on, I would encourage zoos and aquariums and, and other facilities to do so in advance rather than wait and then drop the bomb that an animal that the public loves is gone. And that brings us to actually, friends, no, it doesn't. Uh, I'm sorry to interrupt my own episode here, but um, the medical uh, situation in my family that I mentioned at the top of this episode has, has taken a bit of a turn. Hopefully everything is going to be fine. And actually, it seems like there's a real possibility that said turn is for the best and is going to make things good. But um, there's surgery involved and scariness and... Um, my head isn't in the best place right now. And so I'm going to do something that in the almost two years of this podcast, I've, I've never done. And I'm just going to take a mental health break. Um, I'm not finishing this episode. I have lots of great conservation news and other stuff to share with y'all. And it'll, it'll be there next week. Um, and yet I want to put this out there and I want, you know, the news that I did get on here to, to be out there for you. So I'm, I'm going to release this episode. I'm going to put it out into the world and just be vulnerable for a minute. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but I don't have the headspace to do the rest of this right now. And if things don't go well with a surgery tomorrow, I won't just be able to like delay it a day. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, um, real quick, just so you know, um, your animal holidays for the week, uh, March 14th is learn about butterflies day and save a spider day. March 15th is buzzard day. March 16th is... National Panda Day. I like pandas. They're nice. And also don't forget that March itself is Dolphin Awareness Month. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to Laura Shank, my Red Panda Level patron, and to Anya Keen, Colleen Lenahan, Kim Cooley, Crystal Chapman, Megan Barrett, Ken Tryon, not Tyrion, which I've called him before, sorry Ken, and Jen Kules for uh, submitting stories for this week, some of which I used and some of which, hey, you'll get to hear your name again next week. Um, yeah, I love y'all. Thanks. Thanks for understanding. And uh, life is hard. It's okay to be scared. And uh, tell the people that you love that you love them. <laughs>